0: Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, hey, hey. It's Michael here for another Tuesday edition of Oilers Live. This one's a post-game following the Oilers defeating the Nashville Predators 6 to 3 in the Music City. Zach Hyman with his first career hat-trick. Jack Campbell with the 29-save save, uh, win tonight. His first uh, game back since December 1st. And Leon Dreisaitl continues his dominance over the Nashville Predators with a five-point night. Snuck in that fifth point there at the end of the game. And the Oilers are rolling. What's that? Seven wins in ten games, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I might be wrong. <laughs> you are correct. How you doing, Mike? I got as my guest tonight, megathread Mike Dursa, host of Straight Off the Pipe. How are things going?
1: I'm doing well. And, and you're correct. I think Jack Michaels put out that the Oilers started the season seven and three, then went three and seven, and now they went seven and three again. So, uh, hopefully that trend can be bucked uh, when they get home against St. Louis on
0: Thursday. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, this is... um, We've been talking about this uh, during the first part of the season is that the Oilers had a really tough schedule. This is is the time where they should be getting back some of those points. They went 500 through a really tough... Tough part of the of the schedule. Now they're playing teams that are in the bottom half of the league. At least I think, with the exception of two in December, most of them are in the bottom half of the league. So you'd expect them to come out and uh, win more than they lose. I mean, this is um, this is what you're hoping for. I think it's kind of interesting. You know, you expected more of Nashville this year, but really, this was a dominant performance for the Oilers over Nashville. I wasn't um I think it was a good game back for Jack Campbell. I wasn't totally enamored by his performance tonight, but at the same time, you know, and he made some good saves and and it's probably a good good refresher for him and I th- I think something to build on. Thoughts on uh, Campbell tonight? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't
1: ask for a more shaky start. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's a tough one, right? Especially with a
1: fragile goalie like that Shades of uh, Koskinen and Smith there. One one shot, one goal. But uh, he settled in and he got the job done. So, uh, And he did make some good saves. So, you know, I think it's a bright spot. Um, I kind of m- messed up a, a tweet saying his GAA is going to go up just a bit. Well, no, it goes down just a bit because uh, he had a better performance. I kind of mis- m- mixed up. Goals against average and save percentages. Save percentage is uh, going to go up a bit, but his GAA goes down just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know Look, I, I, I'm not unhappy with his performance tonight. I didn't think, you know, it didn't wow me. There was, um, you know, he was still, I thought, a little bit shaky. I thought, you know, in some cases, you know, he could have done a little bit better. That third goal, I mean, he wasn't anywhere near that one. In fact, he he seemed really small in the net on that one, um, which you know he's not a you know he's not a tiny guy by any stretch. So I thought that was a little bit weird. But look, I'm I'm not complaining in any way. I think this is a good game for him to build on. It's um, you know 906 uh, for the night in terms of save percentage. That's pretty good. Uh, he really kind of settled in there at the you know the second half of the game and. Yeah, he did. You know, he made he did make some terrific saves. I thought, positionally, he was there. He made that um, one glove save from behind the uh, screen. Uh, you know, and he seemed comfortable. He was smiling all game. Anytime they uh, had a shot of him, he was smiling, and the team clearly right behind him on everything. Uh, Zach Hyman tonight. What are your thoughts on Zach? I mean, now, now he's uh, on a bit of a goal scoring tear (laughs) 4 goals in two games and, and, uh, how you feel about his play?
1: Yeah. I mean, he gets that goal in Minnesota and I thought he had a dominant first period in Minnesota. And, you know, he gets the goal off the Barry, uh, shot that kind of catches flurry up high and comes down and he scores one from Ryan Smith's office and, uh, Today, I mean, he just picked up from there and and was relentless again. Um, Except tonight, you know, he he didn't stop until the the game was over. It wasn't just a first period kind of one hit wonder for him today. It was, you know, 60 minutes of tenacious hockey. And and that's usually what you get out of him night in, night out. Um, Yeah, if McDavid's the engine, um,
0: you know, he's one of those pistons that, that helps that engine run for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's nice to see Hyman finally get rewarded, right? It's not that he was um, you know, it, that like his kind of performance is a monkey on the back, right? Like that's where, you know, you you take for instance uh Yarvi, who's um, <laughs> you know, uh polarizing at best with this fan base and with everybody. Um and I, that's, there's more than a monkey on his back right now, but with Zach Hyman, you knew that eventually it would change. Uh, there wasn't that fear. He was doing all of the right things. He was getting in the right areas. Uh, He's doing the right things. He eventually he was he was going to score. It's it, to me, it's no. You know, he just kept doing what he was doing. He didn't change his game any, um, and I love that about him. He comes out. You know what you're going to get every night, and and so the kind of the fact that he's got his first career hat trick after he went through a bit of a tough stretch um and and a good bit of comedy there with the <laughs> with the uh, video review in minnesota um you know I, I i'm not surprised he got his first career hat trick i love hyman i mean he's been one of the best additions to the team i think
1: it says a lot about him too. In the in the third period, instead of worrying about you know his own hat trick, he kind of removed himself. I believe he he told Jay put put Yesi up with Connor and, and uh, Leon and try to get him off the schneid there. It didn't work, but um, Puliarvi almost had a nice assist to McDavid there. Um, you know, but Hyman took himself off that line. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was his doing to try to get Yesi going. And then uh, Jay kind of rewarded, I think, that good behavior by putting him out there with the net empty, so he could kind of get that hat trick.
0: Yeah, I thought you know, Harvey, uh he looked good when he went up there. I thought you know, I was, I think, everybody in Oilers land is hoping for a uh, for a performance out of him uh, for any number of reasons. There's those that would love to see him off the team that just want to see him up his trade value and. And those that, um, the only guy that seems to, uh, you know, enjoy <laughs> enjoy his wallowing in in the cellar is uh, Spectre, it would seem. You know, who was quick to point out that he was having a, a crap game uh, today. And, and I don't get it. I mean, that's, you know, that's clearly some type of a vendetta or something against the player. Um, but, you know, I mean... It, it, Look, you want him to, if you want him off the team, you want him to do well so he ups his trade value um, and at the very least help the team in the interim. Um, Yeah, he'd look good though. Um, He's he's got the skill. It just, I don't know, it's confidence. Who knows what it is.
1: Yeah, I think uh, take a page out of Hyman's book there and and just go to the net and, and get something from close range. You know, a redirect or or uh, or a rebound goal. I think that's the way he's going to get out of it if if he gets out of it, and and I hope he does. I mean, it's it's hard to watch a guy go through a you know a season, and what we're twenty nine or thirty games in.
0: Yeah, and, thirty games. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, and and with the, you know, I think one goal, th- that's tough. I mean, uh, you got to be a pretty mean spirited person to wish a guy to fail Uh, at least that's kind of where i come from Um, i want him to have success whether it's here or somewhere else Uh, you know uh, i just want him to succeed i want to see him smile we uh, you know most people love that big smile of his and want to see him happy and and you know not living life depressed Uh, i think you're kind of a mean-spirited person if you're wishing for that
0: yeah yeah. So, updated uh, stats um, for the league right now. Points-wise, Connor McDavid's at 59 points in 30 games. He's just a point under two points per game, which is ridiculous when you think about that. Not far behind is Leon Dreisaitl with 51. Tage Thompson, though, on the other hand, who, um, you know, I want to say our, our boy uh, Kirk Morris there thought that he'd uh, be a scoring machine this year. I mean, that's not a stretch. I mean, you knew he was going to score some goals, but he's um, he's now uh, caught up to uh, Jason Robertson, uh, and they're, they're not far behind Connor McDavid, but there's Connor McDavid. 26 goals in 30 games. What say you to 50 and 50?
1: Yeah, I, I think he's got a shot at it. I, I'm not convinced he actually does it, but I, th- I think he takes a serious run at it, um, but I, th- I think he, he eclipses 50 goals this season without without too much question in my mind, which is amazing. I mean, you know, 50 seems to be a benchmark, and um, I think he's going to leave that kind of in the dust a little bit. And, and if he doesn't eclipse 60, I think he's right around there.
0: Now, he's the most consistent player year over year over year. What do you think is the reason? I mean, you know, I make a lot of this on every episode that I have. But why do you think is it just a matter of uh, you know, um being contrarian or what is it? Why do people want to always unseat him at the top and say, you know, in the case of Jason Robertson when he was on his tear that Jason Robertson's the best goal scorer in the league or Austin Matthews is the best player in the league? You know, and he's sitting in 15th right now in, in stats. What do you think it is? Is this just contrarian? Is this, you know, anti-Oilers? Why do you think people are doing that? No, I don't think it's anti-Oiler.
1: Um, I th- I think what it is, honestly, is people get tired of a winner. doesn't matter if it's a team or an individual. People get tired of a winner. And that's who Connor McDavid is. You know, t- people got tired of the 80s Oilers because... They won. So the story was is who can dethrone them, right? Uh, and, and I'm using the Euler example, but it's not limited to the Edmonton Oilers. It's it's throughout sports. You know, when there's somebody that has constant success, people get tired of it and they wanna see a, they wanna see somebody lose. And it's sad. You know, I, I'm I'm rooting for dynasties and dynasties to stay forever and other people root against that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got a couple of um, things on here. Uh, Some stranger says 50 and 50 won't be a problem for Connor. I hope you're right. Tim from Tim and Friends saying, Tio's top four is the best in the league, other than points, goals, assists, (laughs) etc. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing, right? Like, you know, there's no more consistent two players in the NHL right now than Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid. Like there there's just not and when I say consistent I'm not talking about a single season of consistency. Right? Leon has always scored goals, right? Since he started scoring goals, right? He almost won the Rocket Richard against You know, one of the best goal scorers in the league of all time. He scored his 800th tonight. Congratulations to Ovechkin. Connor McDavid has led the league in points since he's entered the league. (laughs) You know, like there's, there's not two, there's just no two players in the league that are as consistent as these two. All right, let's move on from that. Tonight, the Oilers are up you know, four to two, it gets to be four to three. Uh, There's a point at which, you know, Nashville's got, you know, five on three, chance to tie it up. You know, what's this team need in order to get past that? I mean, this is, you know, there's not been a lot of games for this team all season where they're, you know, absolutely destroying the team and, and taking it to the, you know, after the first period, it's no look back, right? Like Toronto, as much as I hate to say it, they, you know, they demolished Anaheim today. And granted Anaheim's, you know, worst team in the league right now, but 7 nothing that's a no look back type of game. The Oilers don't have a lot of games like that. You know, and what is it? Like, are they getting too loose when they're up playing like that? Are they, you know, do they need some different personnel? What would you do? um for me
1: right now the biggest issue and i don't think it's related to just i don't know blowouts but uh their biggest thing i think is is d zone coverage and and penalty killing needs to improve um we get caught puck watching and and kind of blowing assignments uh far too often and i'm not totally convinced it's it's just the personnel we put on the ice i I think there's a little more there than just the people that we're employing to do the job. Um, our commitment to team defense too, from when Jay took over last year to this year seems to have taken a step back. I thought we were really committed to starting our defense in the ozone when we lost control of the puck and uh, the recognition of, you know, time to okay, get on our asses and start defending. Um, seems to be a little lapse and and that to me is a problem so I think it's hard to really take over games and and sort of put the hammer down when you're keeping teams in it by making kind of silly mistakes um unless you're playing Arizona it just uh (laughs) doesn't seem to to be in our favor that way so we kind of keep teams in games by gifting them a goal or two just off of silly mistakes.
0: Yeah, I mean that's to me. There's a lot of mental errors on this team, right? You look at this team, and and uh, some stranger on YouTube says the Oilers do have the tendency to let off the gas when they have a lead. Uh, you know, it's a hundred percent, right? Like it's you know it's exactly what you're saying, Mike. I mean it's but it's it's a mental thing in my mind, and it's you know it's same reason at one point we were having trouble, you know, coming out of the gate and scoring first. It feels like other than tonight, it feels like we're we're for the most part through that stage of our, you know, uh, play, but, but this, you know, this ab- ability to let the other team back into it, whether they're on the lower end of the, <laughs> of the, uh, standings or on the upper end, uh, seems to just be s- sitting in there. And, and the team, you know, from a mental perspective needs to be ready for, and have that that killer instinct that says you know we're going to take this and we're you know we're not going to look back right and I think part of that has to do with the fact that you've got McDavid and Drysaddle each putting up four points a night it seems, um, and oh, you know I mean Sorry. you know you want um you kind of want right like the other guys to step up a little bit I thought. I thought tonight, right? Like it'd be nice. would have been nice if we saw, you know, another line pitch in a goal. I mean, that's, you, you, maybe that's a lot to ask on a six to three kind of night. Uh, but to get something out of those guys. And lately, you know, that other secondary scoring has been coming from the likes of Costin and, and Ryan and, and that shoreline, um, you know, and shore is much maligned uh, for <laughs> Oilers fans, you know, over the last couple of years, but, um, You know, he seems to have some chemistry on that line. Um, Yeah, I mean, to me, this is all mental. And I I just want to see them. they got to get through this, right, if they're going to, you know, get to that next level. And, you know, they've got a chance over these next six games, I think, until the end of December, right? Yeah. where they can, you know, they can take that to a next level and they've got to have some killer instinct. Uh, By the way, uh, Eric Friesen, senior writer, heavyhockey.com, says Oilers' Connor McDavid is on pace for 71 goals and 162 points in 82 games this season. That's next level, (laughs) right? Like, we've just not seen anything like this for a very, very long time, Uh, and it's outstanding he is he's just doing things that he's never done before but the but the shooting has to be the big thing like you know the goal he had tonight right like the goalie just has just his release everything about his game has changed you know i was the only one um thanks to dash for letting me know <laughs> but i was the only one on the uh heavy hockey network season preview that said connor wasn't going to score 50 this yeah. year um, if you'll recall, I also said Yamamoto would never play a regular. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty good at these predictions. Uh, if I, <laughs> if I start any fantasy hockey network, you know, <laughs> that's not, don't bet any money on what I have to say because man, I just can't seem to get it right. But clearly he's on, on track. Like, you know, if he doesn't make 162, I think I'd be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if he, um. If he, you know, if he goes, you know, just crazy and beats that at some point, you know, and he gets on a pace of over two goals or two points a game. Um, All right. Dash has redeemed himself. He said, I was the only one that took Connor McDavid over 150 points though. So that's good. There you go. There you have it. I got maybe I'm good maybe I'm getting something right. Uh we're still, you know, fifty-two games away, but uh, a lot can happen in that time.
1: We, we can we can lower his ego a little bit by
0: reminding him that he had Calgary winning the Pacific too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who's um sticking by that by the way? Craig Button. <laughs> yeah. Craig Button is sticking by that as uh Calgary's still a Stanley Cup contender. Um, and I'm not the least bit surprised that Huberto has come out as slow as he has. Um, I suspected that. I'm not. Um, you know. Of course, I like. Of course, I did say Connor would have less than 50. So, you know, who knows, right? It's it's an inexact science when it comes to things I say. Uh, all right, let's. Um, Let's talk about the defense. I mean, tonight, what's your thought? Even the last couple nights, uh, Minnesota, we only let in two. Skinner's been great. Um, What what have you felt about the defense as of late? Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: it's tough. Like, you know, I'm watching um, breaking down individual penalty kills and um, you know, that, that everybody talked a lot about uh, last night's um, game where Bouchard kind of didn't attack the blue line um, on, I think it was Boldy crossing the blue line. He kind of gave him, he let him have the blue line. I thought that he had an opportunity to actually challenge him and make him make an extra move at the blue line, maybe draw him offside but he gave him some room and Boldy and uh, I think it was Goudreau kind of crisscrossed and Bouchard was a little bit lost. So McDavid picked up Boldy and there Goudreau gained a little bit of separation and ended up Boldy gave him a nice little backdoor feed Mm -hmm. for, for a tap in whole play started with Broberg kind of, uh, trying to hold the line and failing. So it was Connor and and, uh, Bouchard coming back. Leon was on the far left-hand wall. I would have actually liked to seen him kind of come back a little bit harder than what he did and join the play and take a two on two and turn it into a three on two. So, you know, now all of a sudden we've got an extra body there instead of uh, kind of an even two on two. He could have got back into it and he didn't, but Bouchard kinda of allowing him to cross the blue line there, I think, is the biggest faux pas on the play. So those kind of things are still a little bit in the game, and I don't think that's limited to Bouchard. Everybody seems to take their turn at one of those kind of things. There's coverage assignment, you know, issues. We'll get caught puck watching, like um, Nurse and Cece kind of were victimized for the same sort of thing on a PK. Jan was on the one that I'm thinking of too. And they both nurse and Jan kind of watching the one guy. You're already in an odd man situation. So you turn basically a five on four into sort of a five on three by, you know, having too many guys worry about the guy with the puck instead of the people without it. And guess what? The guy without it ends up scoring a goal. So that kind of thing is, is happening a little too frequently for my liking I think it's getting a little bit better. We seem to only be victimized for one or two of those a game instead of multiple, you know, if not infinite <laughs> amounts of those kind of plays. But, you know, that that's kind of what I'd like to see change. And also, a lot of times, you know, I, I, I don't know who leads the league in icing, but I'm sure we're up there. And I think a lot of times it's because our, our D finally... get control of the puck but they don't have a forward until the the red line so they try to rifle it to them and just catch a stick and and send it into the end and a lot of times they end up missing and it goes for icing like that that happens way way too often to this team and it's just because the forwards are fleeing the zone a little too early um you know one guy can flee the zone a little bit but two guys got to be there you got to give the d an outlet so that they can make
0: yeah, there's yeah, should, definitely got to be more of a commitment to de- team defense, right? I mean, yeah, that's been, yeah. um, you know, it's been certainly a challenge uh, for this team, and you know, I'm finding that the centerman seems a little bit lost uh, on a number of different plays. Um, you know, it just. It would be nice. I, I don't know. I mean, I've not um, been to the Oilers' practices, but I'd love to, you know, find out. I know, I and, I and I believe, and I know Dash is watching. Maybe he can tell me, but it didn't sound like the one open practice they did have that they were really practicing much in the way of defensive systems. You know, I'd love to see them uh, put some of that together. I really thought uh, by this point in the season that, um, you know, that would change a little bit, that we'd have... Um, uh Some definitive you know defensive system in place that we'd look better than we were last year, despite what was o- what seemed obvious anyway that our team on paper wasn't as good defensively than it was in past um past seasons. I have noticed a bit of a trend tonight's the same where you know nurse isn't uh nurse isn't the only guy with all the minutes it's been kind of a committee in the top four uh defensively i think that's um you know i think that's part of it we have been whether it's skinner or whether it's campbell who knows um but we have been a little bit better i think um you know our at least our goal differential has changed uh, slightly i think that we're i feel like we've been a little bit better defensively uh but, but you know part of that too and and um happy to have everybody argue that with me whether it's you know online or where anywhere i mean if you have for instance a guy if i said this you know before when we had other goaltenders uh Talbot had that bad year his his final year with the Oilers you know where i think you know players stop trusting their goaltender and they play a different style right um, you know, I, I feel like if you can't trust your goalie, then, you know, you start to play a different style. You, you're, you're playing to eliminate all shots rather than, um, you know, eliminate the ones that are, you know, uh, lead to goals, right? Um, and that, you know, you need to be able to trust your goaltender. And I think they trust Skinner. Maybe tonight a performance like tonight allows them to trust Campbell a little bit more, and we'll see what happens. But hey, this was good. I, I initially here here's another question for you. I initially thought playing Skinner, you know, back to back to back as as we had as the Oilers had was a bad idea, and I think there were some in our uh, heavy hockey group chat that thought the same. Uh, but in hindsight, you know, I look at this as being perfect, right? Like, you know, Nashville is a team we dominated uh, from a offensive production last game as well. You know, granted, they come back. I think this is back-to-back six-goal games against Nashville. So, you know, you know you're going to get the run support. I think this was a good game to put uh, Campbell in. Would you have done it this way or would you have changed it up? well we didn't play last night so <laughs> what's that <laughs> i said we didn't
1: play last night so no uh yeah leon leon owns nashville so um you know put put campbell in against your own team i guess i don't know no i, I yeah josh is pretty upset about campbell not getting a start but i don't know i Skinner Skinner's in a groove right now and I, I, I think you got to run with that you got to bank some points um, you know at the end of the season it, I, I don't think it matters about Jack's hurt feelings right now it matters whether or not you make the playoffs and what you can do then um, give him uh, the odd game here and there to kind of get him up and around and and tonight a bit might have been the exact right game to get him in for whatever reason nashville's kind of fallen off a little bit this season and they're not quite what everybody thought they might be um you know they'd lost three in a row so if they were ever going to win one it was probably tonight but we just seem to actually dominate them and and you know I, I felt like this game was more in control um you know i, I I guess the Arizona game was was probably more in control than tonight, but it, it was it felt like one of the more games that we kind of were in control of it
0: uh, all season to me. Yeah, I I would say it was, uh, for the most part, a pretty dominating performance by the Oilers over Nashville tonight. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do think, you know, when I look back at it and, you know... I, I, maybe this is the right way for them to have played yeah you're right Skinner was is riding you know somewhat of a hot streak uh, makes sense to put him in right now he's you know he's one of the top goalies for save percentage in the league right now yeah. on what's arguably one of the weakest defense in the top half of the league right uh so you know you gotta gotta continue to go with that my my biggest concern about playing Skinner is overplaying a guy that's you know in his first year in the in the uh with the big club, right? And so you know, it's a big so, thing. Dash says so makes- uh practice by the way was all complete drills and cycle drills, no systems, no special teams. So you know, I'd heard that I think I heard that from somebody else too, that um you know, systems weren't at least seemingly, you know, on the radar as you as you might expect. Um with this team, and, and defensively, it's it's kind of shown. I, I mean, I you know, we give up, you know, tons of shots on some occasions, tons of odd man rushes, tons of breakaways. It's been ugly. The, tonight actually was, I thought, half decent, though. I thought the guys played well, or decent, at least. Um, but some of that has to do with dominating on the offensive side of the game, Right. You know, you got um you know, we had a couple of uh good shifts in the predator zone and and um here's one thing I haven't complained about in two games. I thought that the Oilers have had the benefit of most of the calls. <laughs> you know. I thought <laughs> I thought in that Minnesota game, uh, even with the loss, I thought the Oilers were on the on the better side of uh of the officiating um there was some time there where I was you know legit feeling like the league was against us but I've thought the last two games I mean there's been bad calls both ways but but I think the Oilers have had the um better end of those so that's uh a little bit heartening and and uh our our man uh Mr. Luchansky would probably love to hear that <laughs>
1: Which game was it where we uh, – it was Montreal where we had the multiple five-on-threes. I mean, Montreal melted down in that thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'd, I'd say at least as of late, it seems like the Oilers are getting the benefit of some of the officiating. And I, well, I would even say tonight, even though Nashville had a number of different penalties other than maybe that um Nugent Hopkins uh (laughs) phantom hook or hold or whatever it was who knows um and they're you know they're gonna miss some of those I get why that one was called even though you know we've got the benefit of instant replay um but I thought the officiating has been been reasonably fair uh of late, if, if not even you know, the calls have gone more in our way than, than against us. And, you know, That's definitely getting clipped uh, by Luchansky if he's watching. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was watching earlier. I, <laughs> I think he'll, yeah, he uh, he did say he, he tuned in in hopes that he'd see Lotsburg uh, strumming a, a couple tunes for us tonight. So for those that don't know, on the YouTube channel, we've been doing the Heavy Hockey Minute before every game. Uh, which is a, a uh, you know, under a minute uh, to create a YouTube short and about the game that is. And um, our man, uh, Ryan Lotsberg did a little heavy hockey jingle uh, for his last one. I mean, it wasn't the greatest song I'd ever heard, but uh, not too bad for uh, a moment's notice and put that one together better than I could do. If if he can fire his writer, he's got something. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> He's he's our best writer. Well, I'm not I won't go that far. I, we've got a lot of good writers. They're all good, but uh all right, Dash is out for the night. I think we're about done. I mean, I didn't want to uh spend too long on this one. There's not you know, there was a couple things to talk about. Not a lot. Uh next up of course is Saint Louis Blues. Uh they're another team that's um, you know, a bit of a surprise this uh season. Um, a lot like the Nashville Predators. Um, you know. I, I'm, we're going to talk about that one when it comes up. Our, our friends over at Let's, Let's Go Blues Radio, uh, we had a little bet last time. Maybe I'll see if they're up for that again. Although the Blues have been on the wrong side of the, the win column for a good part of the year, uh, they offensively are just, I think, getting pummeled, right? Like the uh, loss of uh, David Perron seems to be... You know pretty big deal for them uh they just can't seem to get it done and then of, of course they're not, you know we talk offensively and uh there's Bennington in the net uh doing all sorts of great things um that one's going to be an interesting one that's um that game is when when is that game thursday Thursday night. So we'll probably talk about that next Tuesday uh, for our last Oilers Live Tuesday of uh, 2022. I think I'll probably, we'll probably do that. Um, So we've got between then and now, we've got uh, St. Louis, Anaheim, and Nashville. uh, And then we move into um, uh, Christmas weekend. And um, I'm going to be, I'll definitely catch uh, the game, uh, the Calgary game on the twenty seventh. Although I'll be watching the World Juniors here in Halifax, be pretty much at every one of those games. Uh, there's twenty one games in Halifax uh, for the World Juniors uh, starting next um, next week with the prelims. Be pretty exciting. We'll do. We might. Maybe I'll do um, an Oilers Live World Junior edition sounds Very good. fun. So we're going to have for those of you tuning in uh, whether it's recorded or live we're going to have um, some World Juniors uh, coverage on the Heavy Hockey Network at www.heavyhockey.com uh, www.heavyhockey.com That'll be exciting. And of course I'll be there in Halifax uh, I've got great seats pretty much on the red line uh, for every game going to have some fun. Uh, Team looks good. I'll just put that out there now. I'm a little bit surprised at uh, a couple of the players that didn't make the team. Um, But, you know, every year there's going to be a little bit of controversy. Um, You know, uh, there's a local... Local player from the Mooseheads. He's not local, but he plays with the Mooseheads. His name's Jordan Dumay. He's absolutely killing it in the queue this year, uh, much like Connor McDavid is in the NHL. He's uh, doing that at, uh, at the junior level. He's got a wicked shot. He's just a smart player. He's nothing flashy, but it uh, would have been nice to see him uh, don the uh, Team Canada jersey. Last year, there was uh, Elliot uh, Danuyer, uh, who was played for the Mooseheads that played. Uh, he's um, now in the Phillies uh, AHL system. So anyway, uh, that's, um, that's next week. We're going to be uh, start talking some World Juniors, so it's going to be exciting. Kind of a regular family thing for me, waking up Boxing Day. You know, usually those European games and you're watching them at 6 in the morning or <laughs> whatever, whatever god-awful time, right? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to watch a regular. And for me, you know, where I'm usually watching Oilers games at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then uh, keep in touch uh, with uh, Oilers Live on Twitter and Heavy Hockey Network, because we'll probably announce a date over the next couple weeks for the, (laughs) I saw, I thought maybe there was another earthquake in Alberta. Uh, We'll we'll probably announce a date for the Oilers Live Cup, which is uh, exciting. And then um, another uh, episode we're going to have is with uh, Doug Stewart, who uh, has gone from Edmonton to go coach, a team in uh, Sweden, women's uh, woman's team in Sweden. So uh, kind of a neat uh, local story. We're going to have him and uh, Mr. Jeff aid on Oilers Live, and then you have, if I'm not mistaken, a show coming up Saturday.
1: Yeah, Saturday, following the Ducks Oilers,
0: um, probably around
1: five o'clock or so. Okay. Neil Garrity's going to join me, and then nice. the following Saturday following Oilers Canucks uh, last game before Christmas. Uh, Chris Bloke-Franklin and Extra Lars are going to take over our show <laughs> like they did last year again, yep. I think. And that's going to be that before Christmas.
0: Yeah, nice. All right. Well, again, just to recap, uh, Oilers win against Nashville 6-3. to three. Jack Campbell with a 29 save percentage, over nine or over 900 save percentage, and 29 saves for the win. Zach Hyman, which uh, 450 games into his career was his first career hat trick, which surprised me to hear. I didn't realize that till tonight. And then Conor, Connor McDavid continues the goal-scoring ways. And Leon Dreisaitl, five points. Like it's nothing for these guys. You know, five points, four points. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what they're going to do next? Uh, Connor's Reason. on pace for seventy-one goals. E-
1: Eric, if you're still watching, you got to put out uh, Leon's point. You know, annihilation of the of the Preds
0: uh, on one of your tweets there, bud. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely unreal. Uh, all right. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. And as always is the case, I uh, put my microphone on mute. I let my guest have the last word. Um, you know, I trust some of you more than I trust others. <laughs> but uh, I'm out of here. Make sure you check out heavyhockey.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And see you again next week. You're up.
1: Thanks everybody for uh, watching and Michael for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, subscribe to the heavy hockey network on YouTube and go to heavyhockey.com for all your articles. Let's beat the blues on Thursday and we'll see you next time. Thanks.
0: Oilers Podcast like podcast